NBA Odds Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Right now, to honor the return of basketball, MyBookie is offering up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets on your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. to NBA Odds Pod. I'm your host, Ryan McKee. Give me a follow on Twitter at the Ryan McKee. This is our second episode this week. That's how lucky you are. No, that the reason is is because I missed doing an episode last week. I'm doing a, a, a very quick introduction here, and then I'm going to get right into my conversation with Chris Giordani. Uh, I've known Chris since I took over editing the website sportsgamblingpodcast.com in February of this year. He was one of the first guys I brought on to do DFS content. He is a prolific DFS writer and voracious DFS player. Uh, NFL, NHL, baseball, probably even like Australian rugby or British cricket DFS, if there's such a thing. I'm sure he's played it, but especially... He knows his shit about NBA DFS. Uh, Chris has been on here before to talk fantasy basketball, but this episode we take a deep dive into all the details of playing DFS basketball. We talk about what stats we pay attention to, what websites we use, when to hand build lineups, or do you use a lineup generator service, or what factors go into choosing which tournaments you play in, or if you want to play head-to-head. Um, some of it gets very basic, uh, talking about like what a chalk play is versus a punt play, what's a cash play versus a GPP play, what are the benefits of playing on DraftKings versus FanDuel versus Yahoo versus Fantasy Draft. So if you're like a really advanced DFS player, uh, which I'm not, uh, this episode might not be for you. However, if you're newer to NBA DFS or... Even if you've been playing for a few years, I think there's some great information in here for you. I know I've been playing for pretty steadily for three years now, and there are definitely things I learned from Chris during this conversation. Uh, please keep in mind, though, uh, Chris and I do not do this full time like some guys. We haven't won hundreds of thousands of dollars from DraftKings like Sean Green. Um, I I haven't even... One hundreds. Um, so we don't know everything there is to know on the topic, but we're very passionate about it and want to learn as much as we can and share it all with you. And we'd like to learn from you. So if you have advice or questions or criticisms, please tweet me at the Ryan McKee or email me at NBA Odds Pod at the SGPN dot com. Again, that's NBA odds pod at the sgpn.com. Um, there will be a companion piece to this podcast on sportsgamblingpodcast.com, uh, kind of a guide to DFS basketball. Uh, it'll be a living document, which means I'll keep adding to it as I learn new things and people tell me what I, I, it's missing. Um, 
So, or just over time, we'll have like a really ongoing list of everything you need to know about, you know, uh, I'm not going to say DFS NBA for dummies because that's played out, but it's just a good, it'll be a good reference for everything you need to know about DFS NBA. And uh, if you haven't already, please join our Slack channel. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.slack.com. We have uh, channels for NBA and DFS and all of the different sports. So whatever you're into, come hang out with fellow degenerates, ask questions, tell us what you're betting on. We'd love to hear from you. Um, okay, without further ado, my conversation with Chris Giordani. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! Uh, how many NBA DFS lineups are you playing in a week? You mean seven-day week, five-day week? Yeah, seven-day week. It's a normal, okay. a normal American week. American week, not any other planet. Okay, cool. Um, I, if I just keep it to the and one, then it's twenty plus the fifth, like the ten or fifteen or twelve dollar one that they, you know, the big GPP every day. I'll throw a dart in that, which some people I know frown on doing that. That's just something I do. Uh, I throw one dart in, and then I max the twenty max uh, for the one dollar, and if I like the payout structure in the quarter arcade. I max that too. Um, so twenty two forty one a day uh, times seven. Damn. Just with time, how do you do that? Because I mean, you are normally you're a normal man with a normal uh, day job. Yeah, yeah, and a normal set of two hands and um, you know a computer that is mediocre at best. So yeah, I'm right there with everyone. Uh, it's. It's all about um, mass multi-entry for me personally, and this is something we can kind of get into uh, a little down the line here in this episode with uh, styles of play and tournaments that appeal to the individual. But for me, I'm a mass multi-entry player. Um, I do like single entry in three max tournaments. But, um, it, you know, if the payout it, the structure's there. But overall, for all sports, mass multi-entry is the way to go for me. And to do that effectively takes an optimization. You have, I guess, the right interface that appeals to you. Um, and also, <laughs> there's ownership things going on with certain ones that people tweet drunkenly. And But I happen to use that one, actually. So I use a Fantasy Cruncher. Um, well, what, what's the give us like the very quick uh, details of what's the drama with the fantasy cruncher? Because I've seen um, uh, I've seen it a little bit in like the DFS Twitter, but I don't use fantasy cruncher. Yeah, fan, so fantasy cruncher, and I've mentioned before I use awesomeo.com in terms of like my some of my resources, my primary I'd say resource for just daily in and out start my DFS uh, prep and tied in with that subscription for myself is fantasy cruncher but there are a gajillion other turnkey models of the same thing sort now and sorry to answer your question uh owner the owner of cruncher itself he has recently just been getting drunk and tweeting uh i guess offensive things like along the lines of saying some it's okay for some people to kill themselves and uh, and then he posted a suicide hotline reminder shortly after that to try and save face. And so he's been getting ripped by the industry. And, eh, you know, I'm not the biggest proponent of things like that, but good product outside <laughs> of all tweets. Is Fantasy Cruncher a what what made you pick it? Like, what do you like about it? And it is is it a superior to other services? It was just before they started tying it into the subscription 
packages over at Awesome O when I was still like kind of getting out of the learning the ropes phase of DFS and getting into mass multi-entry. So it was the first one I, I really had direct kind of promoted access to. And I've seen them apply a significant add-ons to it that I don't see in other other com uh, competition uh, out there. So like you can make your randomness, for example. That's something that normally would have just been like, okay, it's a multiplier percentage. So, and it's going to take your, your projection per player and it'll structure however many you tell it to build off of that randomness. So it'll go, say, if I told it 125% randomness, which is really high, um, it's going to go 125% random fluctuation between that player's projection up or down. Whereas you can, with the pro model now of Fantasy Cruncher, you can uh, tailor it to it's, I think it's under more like their mean average of like their standard, the, that specific player standard deviation. So it's much more of an accurate randomness that you can apply. Uh, randomness is something that you can, I could rattle on and on about, but it just depends on the sport and how you want to use it really. But anyhow, um, that's one of the, the features I've seen uh, implemented into updates with Cruncher. Uh, other brands I've seen kind of straggled behind in terms of like the new features like, oh, we can support 300 lineups in one uh, one generated process now or where and that's not something I really do. I don't play at that volume. Like what are some of what are some of the competitors, the fantasy cruncher? Uh, Roto Grinders has their own. I think it's called Lineup HQ, which they, one of the upsides to theirs is I think they have more funding. So they have like an app for it, but it's clumsy as hell. Uh, the last I checked, uh, you can I'm sure it's come a ways since I just last used it in the last few months, but it's it it seemed a little more about the graphic interface than the actual product itself. Uh, Fantasy Cruncher's kind of a boring look, uh, so it can look overwhelming because there's a lot of numbers on a page. Yeah, so that would be one competitor. There are like I guess people have businesses off of this, but they help build DFS turnkey DFS sites that have the built-in generators and stuff, and so. You can make base ones if you're good with algorithms and things like of that nature to, yeah, generate X number of players with, you know, you can give it rules, uh, exceptions, things like that. So to compete at a high level, do you think you have to use one of these services? If you choose to play mass multi-entry, yes. Okay, so going back to be for beginners, what is mass multi-entry? Mass multi-entry would be... Any of those tournaments that you see out there, guaranteed prize, that have anywhere, I'd say anywhere beyond three or 10 entry max, I'd even consider 10 getting up there, but you can hand build 10. But 20 max, 150 max tournaments, anywhere in between there. So, you know, unless you don't have a day job and that is all you do every day is hand build. Because, I mean, you could force in by really if you wanted 150 lineups by hand would they be good probably not that great unless you just hit the nuts on the base that you use to copy over into the other ones but yeah getting a nice spread of exposure to the players in a given slate that you want to get combined with the maximized projections that you want to look at and pairings that you do or do not want that is the way to match your your time Okay, and now you when when people are saying like calling out certain players and they say this is a good GPP play, what does that mean? Because that feeds into what you're saying right now. Yeah, absolutely. So then you'd be 
taking what I'm saying and then saying, okay, well, which players am I going to want to play personally? And then, oh, this is a good GPP play. This is a good cash game play. And then, you know, a new player gets confused by those things because they just hear good player. And then it's like, well, where does this go? What's I I play in GPPs, right? What's the difference? So long winded uh, response here. Basically, a player with a high ceiling, the high boom bust, if you will, uh, that is a, considered a good GPP play. Granted, yeah, they would want to have a good matchup combined with that optimism. But yeah, that a GPP player is something you want to have just the possibility of an outlier performance happening. Whereas you would have cash game plays be high floors, stable ceilings, but nothing breaks open into like the 60 point plus vicinity. You know what I mean? Okay, so give us uh, examples this short season so far of like who has been consistently a good cash game player. Lou Williams has a pretty good high ceiling. Now, granted, if his price tag came up, he no longer. I don't think I would really call him much of the GPP side because he would have to have a higher outlier kind of performance for that price tag. Whereas he he easily can get 40s and 50s and still priced in that $6,000 range and he puts up no lower usually than in the 30s. That's a great cash game play, especially. And then he has some GPP upside for sure. Okay. And uh, so just so everybody knows, we're talking DraftKings pricing right now when we say 6,000, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Off the top of my head, it would be yes. But um, no, I've, I only play DraftKings at least so far this season. And so I've, that's what I've noticed his price fluctuating around like 6,000, 6,500. Now for a quick break for a word from our sponsors. It's an exciting time for sports, but none more exciting than the NFL. Sophomore sensation Lamar Jackson is redefining what it means to be a dual threat QB. Odds on Jackson to win the MVP race were at 50 to 1 to begin the season and have plummeted since, making my bookie's prop section more attractive than ever. Then, next week, we have the most stacked UFC cards in a long time. Three championship fights on the 14th, all highly anticipated, right in the betting capital of the world, Las Vegas. Without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action, and we have the place for you to go, mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy, like me, who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sportsbook around. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code SGP to activate the offer. Once again, that promo code is SGP to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, and get paid. So when people are log into DraftKings and they see all the different tournaments and the different options that they can play, how do they decide? We've got uh, so you've got large tournaments with a ton of people in them, which makes it there's usually more money to be won in these tournaments, but your chances are much smaller. You really have to like hit exactly versus double ups, uh, 50-50s, like straight head-to-head -head matchups, which are people refer to as cash plays. Explain how people can start breaking down 
uh, deciding what they want to play. So I love where we're going here because this is one of the beauties to me of DFS is that there is no right or wrong answer here. Well, actually, there is a right answer, and it's all about what you're comfortable spending, like what you want to make your bankroll and what your goals are every day. Your expect What would fulfill your expectations in terms of, oh, I put in X amount, I got this back, this was fulfilling. Um, and fun, of course, you want to be doing that. Um, so with that being said, the one thing I guess you could look at is, yeah, how do you want to have the opportunity to win higher dollar amounts, but then you won't be so disappointed uh, if you come out breaking even? Because in, if you're a GPP player, I'll tell you this right now, breaking even is a win on most days or just coming in at just shy of it. Uh, so where cash game plays, you they're constituted by anything, any tournament or game that is you have a 50% or higher chance of, of cashing out. Head-to-head, clearly that would be 50-50, and that's why 50-50s are cash games. Uh, I think the difference there is they the rake is evident like to where you see the 10 percent in the in the minimum uh, cash payout in a i believe it's the head-to-heads whereas 50 50s it's a flat like two dollar entry wins you four dollars right whereas if you if you if i if you and i were to go head-to-head in a matchup and we both put in a dollar the winner would get like a dollar 80 yep DraftKings gets 20 percent of that whereas if you enter into like a larger 50-50 contest, you win $2, but not technically half of the people win because DraftKings has to take a rake. Yeah, there's still a rake. It's just how how it's baked in, exactly. And uh, I personally don't play cash games, and I can tell you briefly why. Uh, your competition that's in those cash games, more often than not, are going to be the same people that you find in tournaments, except... You have a buffer. Uh, you don't have to necessarily beat every person to, to cash out in a GPP, whereas for your matched up against in that head-to-head, I mean, sometimes they're crappier, sometimes they're more skilled. Uh, you have to get over their point total, clearly. And I feel right. like... I mean, wolf- anybody who's ever played just like normal weekly fantasy football knows that you're just... It's tougher to... Uh, you can have a really good week and still lose, or you can have a really good night and still lose because they just happen to pick the one player who went off. Exactly. Whereas if, so I'll say it, when looking at the tournaments that you're going to pick, don't necessarily, if you're considering being a GPP player, which I am a hundred percent, I don't really play any cash games. Uh, that's just me, but GPP wise, don't be daunted by the large entry numbers that you see in some fields because a lot of those are garbage entries. I'm just saying it. It's not being condescending. It's the nature of. What do you mean by a garbage entry? Just like people who have no idea what they're doing. Uh, that would that's one or someone who forgot uh, someone who left in players uh, or said it earlier in the week and then injury news came out and they didn't change it. That happens more often than you would even believe. And then. After that, you could look at, yeah, player, uh, people who have just bad entries by nature of the beast. What about Happens people who are week. doing like, what about people who are doing like uh, 100 entries and the, they can't keep up with all of them? Or is that why you use some a service like Fantasy Cruncher to 
when when a when an injury news comes out and you have to quickly replace the player that's injured. Um, yeah, I was going to say, though, the thing with that is it's still complicated to get around that because to recrunch, I mean, you just basically would have to recrunch if it's before lock after lock, then you kind of have to do just like everybody else and go hand by or one by one or by player name, X player who's out searching them. And so it mass multi-entry can be a pain for that uh, regard. You, there are there was like a feature on Fantasy Cruncher called Late Swaptimizer that I haven't seen as much brought up recently because it had some flaws in it. I don't know if other competitors still have that uh, or offer it at all, but it's definitely go to at that point after lock. I have to get in and tweak by hand. But yeah, I I would suggest if you're gonna get into any any semblance of mass multi-entry don't start with 150 lineups start, no, no, no. start <laughs> smaller than that all right so if if i'm just getting started uh and i want to do a gpp should i look for a single entry contest which means everybody can only put in one entry single entries are great obviously for hand building people do still use optimizers for them who are completely you know personally would rather use projections and get the best semblance of projections into one lineup but so the angle you're going to want to look at those single entry and three max with is there you're going to want to corner players that you you want to see and really look at a slate and say this player is unavoidable uh i would rather be on the right side of this than the wrong side of this because you only have one entry if you miss it then and say another larger portion of the field does have it and this is where ownership projections come into play uh, then you're screwed. Whereas three max, you can navigate around that a little more because you can say, okay, I'm going to come in under the field on this player, but I still have two other entries that I'm going to use to instead go over on this guy. Whereas, yeah, as you can see where I'm going. Single entry, you're cut and dry. Uh, you right. either get that shooting guard or you don't. Now is, I guess, single entry, do they tend to be better players that you're going up against because everybody just has the one entry. Everybody is just what you said. Like there's no, nobody's making, uh, this is like the lineup they want to make no mistakes with. Whereas people in larger pools, like will take more chances allowing for more garbage entries perhaps. Um, yeah, that's actually a great question. So with the single entries, if you're newer, I wouldn't, play ones that are over a certain dollar amount because i think pros quote unquote are players who put in on and or taken out over a million dollars can't play a certain level of tournament so i think it's anything under the four dollar entries i that i may be wrong but it's either three or four dollars on DraftKings, they're not allowed to play they have to play five and above or something like that or four four and above i think so I, if you're going to do single entries and you're just getting started, uh, I would go with anywhere with the, the $3, uh, three max in NBA is an awesome tournament to play. Top prizes, a thousand bucks, some other second through fifth place prizes that are pretty solid for three bucks is pretty cool too. Um, there's a one and $2 single entries that uh, you're going to get players that aren't, uh, you know, doing this for a living. If you do you know, get mesmerized by the payout structures of those higher dollar single entries. Just be aware that you're going to see a Chipotle addict in every single one of those who, but 
how much time those pros use, I've noticed, to put... It, Wait, what's it, a Chipotle addict? Oh, he's one of the professional top players of the world. Oh, uh, got it. Yeah, so he's a controversial player, too, because he technically, I think, has two accounts. And you'll see him single entry under both accounts, which... Plus, he I, probably is dealing with diarrhea all the time if he's that it, into Chipotle. Oh, God. If you have millions of dollars and that's your addiction, I feel for whoever you live with. But anyway, <laughs> that's why he's uh, such a controversial. I thought that's why yeah. he's such a controversial player. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, got it. So you want to keep it to an under. If you're newer, you're want to keep it to under um, under four dollar entries because you're gonna not see the professional players playing those pools just because they're not allowed to. Well, that yeah, that's just one suggestion under that that question of the single entries uh i love 20 max entries because i feel like you get the best of both worlds got um, it yeah you're, but then uh, you have to many. build if you're a newer player then you you are telling people to build 20 entries well here's the okay here's where i'm going with that you don't necessarily have to max every tournament you play um it's of course you have you stand the best chance when the field is no not anyone in the field has more entries than you. Yes, that is an advantage. But I've taken fourth place with one entry in a 150 max entry, uh, not in NBA, but still, it's it's possible to do. Uh, it's just a matter of knowing who you're against, knowing who's popular that day. Uh, these are things that you can kind of swing when you're getting into those bigger dollar ones that you're like, okay, I'm really confident that the field is wrong here and I'm going to hedge against it, then I say, by all means, go with those. But just know what you're getting into if you're throwing one $10 entry in and not making ends meet every day. <laughs> Let's just sum up real quick. Um, in uh, as close to one to two sentences as you can, what's a GPP play? It is a tournament play that would be advocated a high ceiling a high outlier performance possibility. So Zach Levine, great GPP play. And a GPP tournament? A GPP tournament, it would be where you're entering these. It's a mass mass entry uh, guaranteed prize pool, I guess. So as opposed to head-to-head -head tournaments because you're not against a large field of people. And that's what GPP stands for, is guaranteed prize pool. Because some tournaments are not guaranteed. Correct. They have to fill. So if, if you and I created like, hey, best out of these are 30 friends, uh, but it has to fill. Otherwise, the, it cancels. Whereas guaranteed prize pool, it's so large that DraftKings is accounting for the They guarantee their payout structure regardless of if it fills or not. Most often because they know it's going to fill. And that's something else we can get into in another episode because there are tournaments you want to target that leading up to lock they haven't filled and they that's that's plus EV for you. So that means the DraftKings is coming out of pocket because you have chance of hitting those min cash entries and things like that. Got it. Okay, so the 50-50s and double ups. Can you explain the difference between a 50-50 and a double up? 50 is going to be half of the pool wins and half doesn't whereas a double up you double your money but that's not necessarily half the people so they bake the rake to the number of people under 50 percent not winning see what i mean like so yeah no that was a great explanation yeah all right 
So when people refer to a chalk play, what does that mean? Chalk will be your popular play of the day. So they chalk play is typically going to be player with great dollar uh, dollar price tag that day based on they'd be of great value because they're in a great matchup and they're priced down for whatever reason. But then with that, you're going to get massive ownership. So that means if that player performs well and you have them, you're not going to you're not going to be jumping dollar amounts that are huge for, for every time they score. You're, you're going to be right with the field. So you'd have to be excessively over on chalk for that to, to pay off. And what's a punt to play? A punt would be like a dart throw uh, to fill out your roster. Uh, cheap, cheap dollar amount. They have some high upside. It's nothing you're going to build your roster around. And what is in between a chalk and a punt play? You would have... I've Value plays a variety of different values, whether it be a better like we were talking about. Oh, this player is a great cash game player. Or this player tends to be a better GPP play or it, you have all the in-betweens, uh, I would say, right in that. And you call those right. people refer to those as value plays because they're either the value is either their price tag. They're more likely to perform to their price tag or the value is that maybe fewer people are going to play them a lower player percentage yeah exactly so a player might on like a surface level for this is just a general example say they they're playing for team okay and so everyone is going to be down on this player their price tag doesn't seem like it's where it should be it's kind of just or well it's right where it should be it's not a huge value or anything however player is in a great spot uh defense versus position so that this team sucks against small forwards and you have a killer small forward there who for his performances prior he uh is priced down something of that nature and then people are off him like you said say because oh they see a tough overall team with a good record but you know like the lakers against guards ever thought about starting your own sports book but don't know how Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book today. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They also have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Just about every male over the age of 25 has experienced some sort of erectile dysfunction issue. And for some, it's just occasional. Guys, you can avoid the time and embarrassment of going to the doctor and get ED drugs like Viagra and Cialis by just calling Healthy Male. HealthyMail.com has been around helping men discreetly for over 20 years and have prescribed almost 3 million prescriptions online. There's no need to visit your local gas station and buy some phony snake oil treatment that has zero chances of making a difference. Most orders are shipped in a day with discreet packaging right to where you are, home, office, hotel, vacation destination, or even a FedEx pickup location. The best part, unlike most companies online, there is no subscription service that you have to cancel. HealthyMail.com will only ship 
your pills when you order them and will never automatically charge your card monthly. Right now, Healthy Mail is offering to my listeners 20 pills for $49, and that includes a doctor's prescription and free shipping. Order online at www.healthymail.com or just call 1-877-4-Viagra. That's 1-877-4-Viagra. And be sure to mention my offer code SGP to get 20 pills for only $49. Requests for medication are not guaranteed and must be approved by a U.S. licensed physician. So call 1-877-4-VIAGRA to see if you are eligible and avoid doctor's visits for your ED once and for all. Mention my offer code SGP. To kind of the final question question that we got is um when researching players for dfs what resources are you using what stats are you looking at are you looking at stuff like uh uses percentage are you looking at matchups are you looking at i mean what do you look at first so um one thing that people look at in general with betting of course and tying into fantasy is over under team totals and game totals so it's going to tell players this is where vegas is putting kind of their set broad red line or whatnot where they they stamp an over high total uh, deemed by vegas yeah and you're typically going to see chalk plays come from those that's where you're going to start to find like oh okay who's value player in high over under total game Oh, okay. Then that's becomes your chalk for the day. Got it. Well, that's chalk because that's what a lot of people are gonna. A lot of people first look at those over unders and think, okay, what are the stars in this matchup? Exactly, and that's that's a great thing to kind of keep in the forefront of your mind when building lineups on every slate because it's a great place if you're a GPP player uh, to try and hedge against the field. So say this guard is is in a great spot and he's chalk. But his counterpart in the backcourt isn't getting any love. And he, even though he's not the star of the team, say like Gary Harris to Jamal Murray, that would, and they're playing against the Knicks. I want Gary Harris at much lower ownership and a cheaper price tag, but that's just me. Okay. So then, okay, you look at the over unders and then you're looking at the players within those matchups. Uh, are you looking at anything like uses percentage or for those players? Yeah, so I, that's what I was going to get to next here. And part of what works into those high over-unders is something I look at. Uh, team pace and uh, usage percentage, of course, for every offense. And so where you can get these things, very useful places, nba.com forward slash advanced stats. Or I, I believe you should, or just if you Google search NBA advanced stats, yeah. you'll get right to the page. Really friendly to use site. Um, pace is deemed by so looking at a pace and where you can tell if it's a higher pace team or not is it's the number of possessions per 48 minutes. So essentially say, but it's considering like 100 as a baseline. So anywhere under 100 possessions in that same time frame would be considered a slower pace team, whereas anywhere over 100, you're getting additional uh additional possessions in the same time frame, which is in turn, you want to get 
high usage players that are in a, you know, a paced up spot because they are going to potentially garner more shot opportunities. Yeah. So you can use that site that I I just spoke of NBA.com forward slash advanced stats, go and just kind of piece piece together one one thing that i look at is recency so because it'll immediately default to all games i like to look at like the last 10 or so games just to get a fresher idea because there's a lot of revolving pieces in the nba okay is there anything else that you want to throw out there that uh before we move on that you'd look at absolutely um and i'm actually trying to force myself to get into a better habit of a per game looking at this site uh, I believe I referenced it in your in your last pod, but uh, popcornmachine.net. It's another great tool to use. Um, I highly advocate each game flow tab. You'll so what they they have is they have a wrap up of every single NBA game, and you can break them down by game. Just scroll down, but you click game flow, and it's going to show you basically a, a chart of where every team's starting five where where it kind of staggered throughout the entire game by quarter by by stint so you can see who typically plays with who who never sees court time with that person that would be like a negative correlating play these are things that you want to build around uh because i know people tend to get confused when stacking comes into play versus other sports and this would be one way if you that's something you're inclined to perhaps do in a, in, a, in your roster construction then this would be a Something that would help you navigate that. Got it. No, that's very helpful. Okay, and then the final thing we'll talk about is where people play. DraftKings versus FanDuel versus Yahoo. Uh, can you just like briefly give us like an overview on where people should play or newcomers or, or what preferences you should take into consideration? Or should people be trying to play on all three? Um. Uh- I say play, get familiar with all three. And then with that, kind of tie it into what your goals are each day, like I said, and where, because here's the thing on each site, and this makes writing for like a, a blanket of, oh, DraftKings and FanDuel play. It's hard because FanDuel has, or DraftKings rather, has something that FanDuel doesn't in your construction ability called um, multi position eligibility. MPE, also known as. And that's something to where a center could be a power forward. Whereas FanDuel, it's one or the other. And typically on FanDuel also, just to throw a wrench into all of it, half of them don't make sense. So you get point guard as a small forward some days for whatever reason. I don't know. But that's something that might kind of be friendlier over on DraftKings for someone who's you know, I want to use this player because that's, you know, I just being honest, newer players, you're going to or in general, there will be players you fall in love with. And it's like, I want to force this guy in. How do I make this guy work with this? And uh, DraftKings allows you a little bit more of that flexibility with a, a utility position and also the multi position eligibility to where isn't the can, other thing with FanDuel too that like it'll lock as the first game starts to be played and you, then you uh, can't like change out a player who ends up sitting in a later game yes and this is something else that i can't stand it's called late swap and it's allowed in other sports for fanduel i don't know why they would 
not feature it there. DraftKings has it, and it's huge. And that's we could talk about strategies along those lines uh, episode down the lines for you. But yeah, that is something people tie in their slate strategy is is optimizing mid slate over on DraftKings where you can't do that on FanDuel. You have to set it and forget it. But FanDuel, the one thing I'd say that is friendly for newer players is that you building doesn't become a jungle like in terms of kind of where I was going about something fun on DraftKings is, oh, seeing playing around with multi-position eligibility. Leading up to lock, this can be kind of a menace for a newer player, and I feel like having less of that to have to unsew uh, over on FanDuel, is, it can be friendlier, just like we were just saying, be aware of those guys who you can't change after it locks, so get people who are playing for sure. Okay, and I've never played on Yahoo. What is what? does yahoo bring to the table well one of the things is less rake so that's great for everyone so long as you're winning that is of course uh with that being said i haven't done that well on yahoo so far on any sport their payout structures are smaller because there aren't guaranteed to be as many players going in each day so i think yahoo can't put up as much money they do do a lot of great promotional stuff though uh, as much as possible, I know, to try and usher people into their tournaments. Like, they'll have rake-free tournaments in every sport. Uh, not everyone is, and also you'll notice certain tournaments aren't appealing because it's like, oh, $10 to win 100 or something like that, and it's considered GPP. I'm just... I've heard, and I've heard people say, and this could be total conjecture, that um, there's fewer, like... Uh, Chipotle addicts over on Yahoo, like the pros don't use Yahoo as much, or has that changed? And they're just every, they're on Yahoo as much as anywhere now. Yeah, so with the and if you don't mind me mentioning one other site, actually, it's uh, I haven't played there yet. It's Fantasy Draft. They're another one in that same tier echelon as Yahoo. I would say up and coming have really put a lot of money into their product. Deem, uh, pride themselves on rake free and small rake tournaments. Uh, one of the things is, though, now that they both offer mass multi-entry with CSV upload. I can, and that is, CSV is the file extension that your fantasy cruncher or insert, you know, optimizer program here. That's what it it exports to is a spreadsheet being a, an Excel file, a CSV file. So now Yahoo and Fantasy Draft have. I don't know if Fantasy Draft ever didn't. I think no, they didn't. So yeah, Yahoo and Fantasy Draft now, as of recently, have CSV uploads. So you're going to see Chipotle addicts uh, from here on out because that that was a deterrent for them, was having to hand-build 150 lineups, which I do know some players did. But uh, yeah, now you have... They're everywhere. So, But at the same time, with that, the silver lining is they're more... It's bigger promotions on their sites now you'll see tournaments that are more along the lines of a DraftKings payout structure uh so it's it's worth playing playing with the format for nba lineup wise is more like FanDuel. i want to say i'm not as familiar but i want to say it's more rigid in that you have player just shooting guard and only a shooting guard for that day uh, but they do have a flexible spot like DraftKings to where it's like, oh, okay, you have a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, so on and so forth. And then you have guard forward. So if you really want to fit someone in like two shooting guards, then you can. 
Okay, so thanks so much, Chris, for joining me. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, well, uh, throughout the rest of this NBA season here, uh, weekly exchanging days with yourself, uh, writing articles. So for NBA DFS, that's one place. My writing throughout much of the year is featured at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You can find me on my podcast, which is the Chris's Piss podcast. You can come check that well, out. You talk on a iTunes. lot about DFS. That's mainly what I talk about. I'm actually trying to branch out from doing so much DFS. But, yeah, it's hard to get away from. Uh, so you can find that on iTunes and Spotify. Find me on Twitter, at Topher Squints. And feel free to hit me up in our SGP Slack as well. I have to get a little bit better about my response in there. But if you at me, I'll get back to you for sure. Yeah, uh, you're good. You, to... you, people hit you up on Twitter and uh, on our Slack channel. And uh, you seem pretty good at getting back to everybody. I beat myself up. So if, I, if I'm if i delaying in response, I, I apologize in advance. <laughs> but yes, I will definitely treat every question or comment the same. Ba -ba 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 basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! Ba -ba 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 -ba